Hi, it's Angela. This podcast is about discovering your self-worth. I hope you enjoy it. The Spiritual Life with Angela Boswell. The following recording is a live call on discovering your self-worth. It was recorded on the Wisdom app. If you'd like to join me on the Wisdom app, it's every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a live call, and you can join me with your questions. To learn how to do this, just go to my website, AngelaBoswell.com, click on Podcast, and read the top of the page. Thank you. Enjoy today's podcast. own life is discovering my own self-worth and honoring it, reinforcing it, and even building it. Um, is I, I was recently rereading a book by Dan Millman, and it's called Everyday Enlightenment, and it's about the 12 gateways to personal growth. Uh, this is an older book. It was written in 1998, but uh, like anything that Dan Millman writes, I just love it. So I was reading this, and when he talks about the first gateway of self-worth, um, it really struck a chord with me. And it made me start thinking about all the clients that I work with who at the core of many of the problems in their lives, at the core of it comes their self-worth and their perception of themselves and how valuable they are. And then that leads into what they deserve in life, which leads into self-talk, self-belief, which perpetuates itself and moves into manifestation, and then their lives are affected by that, and their lives look to the degree of their own self-worth. So however someone believes about themselves, that leads into the decisions they make, the people they surround themselves with, um, the chances or risks that they take, uh, what they think they deserve, all of that stems around self-worth. And so if you want to change your life and improve your life, you really need to look at your own self-worth. But how do you do that? It's not something that we teach in society. It's not something that we talk about in school. Um, it's not something that your parents teach you, although your parents directly affect your own perception of your self-worth. And we'll talk about that today. Um, so I just wanted to read you the intro of uh, Dan Millman's book, Everyday Enlightenment, um, on the first gateway of Discover Your Worth, because this really sets the tone for everything I'd like to discuss with you today. And I will be asking for people to call in and, um, and come on and join me as a guest a little later. But first, I'd like to just go ahead and uh, talk about this subject. So we're all on the same page with this, and we can each... Um, talk about our own opinions with this. So here we are. Um, the first gateway is discover your worth. And what he says is, no matter how intelligent, attractive, or talented you may be, to the degree you doubt your worthiness, you tend to sabotage your efforts and undermine your, your relationships. Life is full of gifts and opportunities. You will open to receive and enjoy them to the degree that you begin to appreciate your innate worth and to offer to yourself the same compassion and respect that you would give to others. Discovering your worth 
sets your spirit free. Um, I read that and was like, wow, that's exactly what it is. And there's no way that I could have said that any better. So I decided to just read it straight from the book today. Um, but it really gets to the heart of it is what we think of ourselves determines everything around us. And uh, the, the gist of what he's saying in this book is there's, there's really four facets to the core of your self-worth. One is you don't get in life what you believe, what you deserve. You get in life what you believe you deserve. That's number one. Number two is that no one can do it for you. You know, no one can help you improve your self-worth. It's an internal job. Number three, you don't raise your self-worth. You discover it. We're going to talk a lot about that today. And the fourth one is the problem is not your actual self-worth, your own value, but your perception of it. Um, and we'll talk about where that comes from and how to shift how to shift that perception throughout your life. We'll talk about that again today. And um, we'll talk about how to heal those wounds that can help you to discover your self-worth, honor it, and accept it, and then um, rejoice in it and reinforce it. So the main thing is that you can follow all you can follow the trail backwards you can reverse engineer it if you will so if you are not happy where your life is right now the relationships that you have or your job or your health or anything any area where you don't feel like your life is up to the standard that you want it to be then you've got to trace it back to its source and that comes from decisions. And I know in my last talk, I talked about uh, creating your own reality. And that's in my talk section here on Wisdom and on my podcast. But uh, creating your own reality comes to your decision making. But if you're not at a place where you think you deserve the opportunities that are coming to you, you may make decisions that are not in alignment with those opportunities and you keep yourself down. Or maybe you believe what others have said to you about you and you, you think that's true and you sabotage yourself or you talk yourself out of things. And believe me, I know I was that person that talked myself out of things. I would say, well, I didn't really want it anyway, or it wasn't really that important to me. Um, that was my way of keeping myself small so that my life reflected my level of self-worth. And someone had said to me once, uh, you can always tell the degree of someone's self-worth by who they're surrounded by. Um, I've heard that and I've heard uh, when I was single, I heard uh, you date at the level of your own self-worth. And after someone said that to me, it, it really made me become more aware of that. So when I met someone who was like a great person and their significant other is someone that was maybe um, jealous or petty or angry or didn't treat them well, 
after I had that awareness, I thought to myself, okay, this person that, that I like that, that has uh, such a good personality, perhaps their self-worth is at a lower level than what I perceive their worth to be. Like, I think they're so valuable. They're wonderful. They're funny. They're intelligent. They have good stories, right? So I, I'm thinking this person's great. Why are they with this miserable person, right? But after I became aware of what someone said to me about dating at your level of self-worth, then I realized that perhaps this person that I thought was so wonderful didn't think that they were so wonderful themselves and that perhaps they only deserved to be with someone who was miserable um, or maybe they, their self-perception told them that that's all they deserved in life and that that's as good as their life could get. So after I had this awareness, it really changed my perception of of people and relationships. And it started making me become more, I don't know, uh, intuitive, I guess, about relationships and people and why they surround themselves with others that may not be at their same level. And, you know, you can see it every day with work. And I think this is probably an easier example is work instead of relationships. You know, sometimes you'll see someone that is really underpaid and undervalued where they work and they're miserable and they hate getting up and going to work every day. And you wonder like, why, why are they staying in that job? And if you ask them, they'll say, oh, it's just a job or, oh, I need the paycheck or where else would I go? Or I don't know what I would do or I've been here so long. Why would I leave now? Or, you know, if I only stay seven more years, I can retire from this job. Uh, meanwhile, they're killing themselves inside. And I think even literally, too. You know, when you're that miserable for that long, it manifests in your body and it may show up as um, heart disease or other ailments that you have and you, you're not taking care of yourself because you're not happy in that area. But they stay there because their level of self-worth says to them, this is all you deserve. You can't take a chance. You're lucky to have what, you, what you've got now. Don't risk this. You may never find something else. You don't have it in, in you to go start over again. It's too risky out there. What if you fail? What if you lose everything? Um, that, that's those messages coming at, from their self-worth where healthier messages would be things like, life's too short for me to be this unhappy um, I deserve more than this. I want to be with people that really respect me. Or I know that somewhere out there, there's a job where people like each other and they value what I bring to the table. So you see, those are two very distinct groups of messages that a person can give themselves about the same situation. And all of those messages are coming through their minds based on their own self-worth and the messages they received when, um, when they were younger. So back to the, the basic issue here is that 
your perception of your self-worth is going to determine your decisions or and even your lack of decisions. You know, perhaps that is what's working on you when you're with this job that you're not, you know, that you don't like. And, um, and your self-worth says, hey, you don't deserve more than this. So you stick with it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you, you just don't know any better. And so by lack of making a decision, you've made the decision to stay. So where does this perception of our self-worth come from? Well, um, obviously it comes from outside of us. And it comes when we're young and we don't have filters and we trust everyone and we assimilate those messages to mean truth. And, you know, as I became, oh gosh, I probably was in my 30s by the time I figured this one out. I want to say as I became an adult, but it, was, it wasn't then. It was much later in life. I figured out that just because someone said something about me, it didn't mean it was true. And I know that that sounds kind of childish and naive. And, uh, and you may think, well, of course it's not. They just said it. There's no power in that. But I didn't have that filter. And I didn't have that mechanism in my life of self-protection. And so I didn't know that people may say things that are complete lies about me. And so I would absorb it into my own self-image, which directly related my degree of self-worth. So if you said that, oh, and you're not very smart, I would believe it. Um, if you said, you know, and let me do that because you're not very good at that, I would believe it. And then that would perpetuate and grow to where I would say to myself, I can't do that. I'm not very good at that. And so I made decisions based on those messages and it kept me small and it sabotaged me. Um, it, it made me talk myself out of things that I could have done. And, you know, believe me, I'm at, at that place in life where you start looking back and questioning things that you did and things that you didn't do and, um, you know, where you could have gone. And I know that this is just a phase in life and it's a, like a evaluation phase or an analyzing phase and that I will shift through this phase. Um, but you know, it doesn't, it needs to happen. That's, that's what I want to say. I'm in a phase that needs to happen. I need to look at this and accept it and be okay with how my life turned out and look at the beauty of the things that I have learned. And I also have the awareness that this is one of the lessons that I came in to learn at my soul level so that I could evolve. I needed to go through this, to go through this lesson of discovering my own self-worth and honoring it so that I could evolve and grow. So I think that's why it's, um, <laughs> it's so important to me to talk about this and to share these experiences with others so that they too can look at their own 
issues around self-worth and learn to discover their value and make decisions based on that perceived value so that they get what they want out of their lives. Um, so I have a lot more to talk about around this issue um, about where our, uh, where our perception of our self-worth comes from. And I want to talk about how we shift it and how we heal it. But it does look like um, there's someone here that wants to be a guest and join us. So I'm going to go ahead and, um, and see who you are and what you have to say today. So, um, oh, wonderful. So, Mary, um, I'm going to go ahead and bring you on and um, see what your thoughts are about self-worth and um and where what your um what your perception of self-worth is where you think it came from what you've worked on that kind of thing i appreciate you joining me here and let's bring you on okay hey how are you this morning nice to meet you angela <laughs> good how are you Good, good. So what do you think about this whole um, topic around self-worth? Well, I think it's such a deep topic and it's just such an important part of our lives. Like you said, to reevaluate our, ourselves is something we need to do. And I think we need to do it frequently because it just keeps us on track because I think sometimes life gets away and all of a sudden you're into a pattern and you're like, wait a minute, let me go back. Let me think about this and reevaluate why I'm allowing this or, or allowing that. And I feel like, you know, it's almost like it helps us set our boundaries. When we know our worth, we can set our boundaries like this is I'm worth more. I will not accept this. So I think it's great. And I also feel like uh, our self-worth is from growing up and all the like negative comments or, you know, you know, growing up, you did this wrong or you should try harder and you feel like there's something less of value on yourself, you know? So I think we just, it's just like hardwired programmed subconsciously for, unless we stop and evaluate, Hey, where did this stem from? Like you said, and then try to correct it and, and build a boundary kind of for me, say, I will not accept this because I deserve and I am worth more, but it is something within us. And it's just, I feel sometimes odd that we give other people that power to, in our minds, diminish our self-worth when nobody can do that. And your self-worth is there. And you have to, you know, remember, nobody could take that away from you. It's yours. You have to see it within yourself. Yep. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's really important what you just said about taking that moment, you know, just to stop and say, what is my self-worth? Where are these messages coming from? Why do I keep doing this to myself? And then take it a step further and say, how do I shift this and how do I change this? So what do you think that, what is the catalyst to people 
uh, wanting that change and wanting that difference? Like, where do you think people will arrive at emotionally when they finally start saying, I have to shift this. I have to make a change here. I have to look at this. I have to figure out why this keeps happening to me. Why do I build things up and then lose them? Or why do I not have the life that I want? Like, what do you think is like the, um, the situation that, that makes people want to change? I think they just have to come to a point of like, I can't take this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. It needs to be different. I mean, I think a lot of people accept a lot of things and, you know, we just go on, we think, oh, this is the way it is. You know, I'm, you know, have just bad luck or, you know what I mean? I think at first people diffuse it externally. This is happening to me, but they don't stop. You you get to a point where you've had enough and you need to say, no, I need to take control and not allow this to happen to me and make my choices so this doesn't happen to me or avoid the people who, uh, you know, bring it out of me, you know, you know, the, the, the doubt in yourself, you know, so I think people just hit it like a, I'm going to say like rock bottom of some sort of mm-hmm. self-development I mean, people just go on with day-to-day life and it's almost like a pattern. And then something has to break. Something has to snap where they stop and say, I can't do this anymore. I need to change this. This cannot be my life story, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I mean, it's got to, I can't, you know, continue like this. This has got to change and so forth. Yeah, it's like, you know, in Buddhism, there's the theory that we must suffer in order to grow. And I believe that. I believe that when everything's happy and good and it's running on course, even if it's a complete illusion that we're giving ourselves, we don't look inside and we don't want to change anything. But when things get really bad and we're in pain, we have to find a way to alleviate that pain. And then hopefully if we don't numb it too long, you know, or self-medicate it. We actually look yeah. at the source of the pain, which is our internal um, perception of, of who we are. And then that finally leads to the shifts and the change and the catalyst. And, you know, I think a lot of times people are scared of that. They know that once they look at it, everything in their life is going to change and they have to wait until they're ready for that moment. And that readiness may never come. Well, the thing is, people have to do the work. You know, it's not a one little snap. Oh, everything's perfect. People have to do the work and they have to take accountability. No, no, you need to take control of you, what you accept of yourself, of others. And I also feel like, you know, it can't be hunky dory, you know, rainbows and, and unicorns throughout life. Without light, you know, without darkness, you never know what light is. Without sadness or pain, you don't know what good feels like. So you need a contrast and choose which one do you want to live for the rest of your life. doesn't mean bad things won't happen or you're not going to come across people who will try to pull you down into, you know, the, 
not feeling worthy because they can't do it. So they portray it on you and try to pull you down with them. So it's just, you know, we need all of it, but a balance and to stay strong within ourselves to, you know, like I said, like, I almost want to connect it to what it helps us create the boundary when we know our self-worth, you know, yep. what do we accept? Yep. No, thank you. Thank you for, um, mm-hmm. for joining me with all of that. That's all such good stuff. And, you know, I think boundaries are super important and you're right. Boundaries come after we have discovered our own self-worth, then we can build boundaries. But I see all the time people try to put up boundaries and then they kick themselves when they don't reinforce them, but they don't have the belief system behind it to keep them strong. Exactly. I mean, those two work together. You need to have the self-worth and then set the boundaries because I can't see if you're setting boundaries, but you're still questioning your self-worth. Well, that boundary is going to crumble easily. Yep, exactly, exactly. And it, it almost takes time. You know, like it you're does. saying, it's not something, oh, tomorrow I'm going to have boundaries. Or, you know, no. have you ever had a friend and you've said to them, just tell them no or just leave them and change your life? You're so much better than this. And you don't understand why they're not doing better in their life. But it's because you can't do it for them, they have to see it first. Exactly. And I think it's, and it's hard because I think when you're inside, it's, I mean, when you're outside, it's easier to look inside of others, but yeah. when you're in it, it's very hard to like see it for yourself, but that's what you have to do. Nobody could do your work for you. Like you said, you got to do this yourself, yeah. you know, and I, it is hard. It's very hard, but you know, and it's easier when people see it like, oh, what, what are you doing? This is going to happen. But when somebody's in it, I think it's hard, but they got to do it because then they will never progress or they will just continue on that path. You know, you yeah. choose, you choose your path. You know, yeah. it just this, way, you know, every crossroad you go to, you have a choice, you know, and that's the thing we get, you know, with your self-worth, you have a choice. And hopefully, you know, you got to make better choices with a better self-worth. Yep, exactly. And yeah, it's an internal job. And uh, it, I think it's an ongoing thing. You know, first you have to start the very basic levels that I am worthy to exist. And then I'm worthy to have a good relationship and then build up from there. But I, I think it's something that you work really hard, you reach a level, and then there's always another level to go to. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, it just doesn't stop. It's the, it's constant work. It's not like you take a day off, you know, it's every day making those choices and every day of reinforcing yourself and doing things that make you feel better and your self-worth. So it doesn't go away. You know, it's not instant and it doesn't, you know, it. Um, you are welcome to join me again if you like, Mary. Just click the the join button and you can come back in and uh, and we'll continue with our conversation if you like. It's up to you. I really enjoy talking with you. Um, you know, as Mary was talking, uh, it made me think about something that I talk with my clients all the time about, and that's when people are. Uh, struggling with their self-worth 
and they say to me things like, well, I was just so stupid. I did this or I did that, or I've made so many mistakes in my life that I don't, I don't deserve that. Um, or I, I have so much I'm sorry for that. I can't see myself being a good person. Um, I don't know how to change. And one of the main things that I always say to give them per some percept perspective of this is, hey, you know, maybe you had to make some decisions in your life that you weren't ready to make. Maybe, maybe you were forced into an adult situation when you were still a kid and you never got to be a kid because you had to be an adult right away. Or, you know, maybe you didn't have anyone that could, that mentored you and that told you what you should do and advised you on the path to take so that you could be a successful adult. You didn't have that guidance. You didn't have that mentorship, or maybe you didn't have protection. So you were left to your own devices. So there you are as a kid, you know, maybe 10, 12 years old, and that's, that's your, uh, your degree of intelligence, experience, and um, emotional maturity, say you're between 10 and 12 years old, and you're being put in situations where you have to make decisions that you are not emotionally ready for, or you don't have the experience to make these good decisions for yourself because you're a kid, but there's not an adult around that is mentoring you or setting you up for success, or even telling you that you can do it and, you know, emotionally supporting you. So there you are as a kid, 10, 12 years old, and you're having to make adult decisions for yourself because there's no one around that can guide you or, or protect you and take care of you and make those decisions for you. So that you do the best you can with what you have at that time, because we always do the best that we can, especially when we're trying to determine decisions for ourselves. So you're doing the best that you can with your limited experience. And maybe you make some bad decisions because you're a kid. And then you get a little older. Now you're 14, 16, and you're making more decisions from a perspective of a 14, 16 year old that should not be making decisions for themselves, but they don't have anyone there to help them. And you make some more decisions that just don't turn out great. And it starts leading you down a really rough road and maybe it, it stunts your your personal growth or your maturity or um maybe you you get with the wrong crowd or you start self-medicating or whatever it may be and you lose some time and you surround yourself with people that aren't in your best interest so all that happens say all that happens up until you're like 25 years old and then around 26 you start to get a grip on the world because you start maturing, you know, that frontal lobe <laughs> starts to develop and you're able to make some wiser, you know, decisions for yourself or some logical decisions. And so you start shifting and changing your life. And then, you know, time goes by and say you're in your thirties now and you look back and you're like, gosh, I was just so stupid. Why did I do that? Why did I make those decisions? You know, why didn't I do this? Why did I do that? If I only had done this or if I'd only done that, then 
my life would have been so much better. You know, I wouldn't have married that person or I wouldn't have, uh, if I could go back, I wouldn't do drugs or I wouldn't have moved, uh, moved in into this new city or taken that horrible job or committed that crime or whatever it is, committed that sin, or even I just would not have given my power away to someone else and let them run my life and let them make all the decisions. I just wouldn't do those things if I could just go back and change that. And so when I'm talking with my clients about these things, I say to them, hey, you know what? You need to look at it. How old were you then? What guidance did you have then? What examples did you have then? And what were your other options? What were your other choices? You know, perhaps you did the best you could do with what you had. You did the best you could do with what you knew how to do. And your perception of the situation at that time, it's very different in hindsight. You know, you're a kid. You did the best you could. You made the best decisions you could. The issue isn't with you. The issue is with the situation. And why were you in a situation where you had to make decisions that you are not qualified to make? That That's the problem. That's the issue is the situation and how it got set up for you. You know, perhaps... The situation was caused by decisions that your parents made or didn't make that put you in that situation where you had to make decisions you weren't qualified for. (laughs) You're a kid. You can't look back and say, if I didn't do this, you know, I was so stupid. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Because when you do that and you keep judging yourself for situations of which you had no control and you are doing the best you could. When you judge yourself like that, you are chipping away at your self-worth and you are not giving yourself credit. Instead, you should reframe it and you should look back and say, wow, I was at a tough place when I was, you know, 10 years old and man, I had to make decisions that I really wasn't qualified for. But you know what? I got through that situation and I survived and I am a survivor. And when I hit, you know, 14 I had these other decisions that came my way and I did the best I could. I was a kid. Nobody was telling me, look, I survived. Maybe they weren't the best decisions, but maybe I wasn't in the best situation and I didn't have anyone there to show me what the best decisions were. So I did the best I could and I'm proud that I survived that. And now I have wisdom through those situations and those experiences that I can lend to other people. And perhaps I can lend that wisdom to young people that are in the same situation that I was in. And maybe I can, can shift it for them and I can be that mentor to them and I can give them the information and the guidance that they need so that they'll never have to look back and, and, and blame themselves and self-criticize Maybe they can look back and say, you know, I was going through this really rough road, but this person stepped in and helped me and mentored me and put me on the right path and guided me because they didn't want me to go down the road they went down. Maybe that's part of your purpose here. And maybe the way that you're built 
is so strong and you have such survival instincts in you that you had to go through those things and make those decisions and live that life and those experiences because that's part of what you are here to go through so that you can prevent others from going through it because you survived it, but maybe they can't. And maybe the fact that you're using your experience to help others and get them through this and you do it with kindness and compassion and humanity because you've been there, maybe you're preventing them from not surviving. Maybe, maybe you're helping them along so that they can get through that time and then they can have much greater lives than they ever thought they could have all because you survived some pretty rough experiences that you are not prepared for. Perhaps that's the way to reframe it. And when you look at it that way, now you are beginning to discover your own self-worth because you have found a situation that you have criticized yourself for in the past and you've reframed it and switched it around and looked at the opposite side of it. And the opposite side is telling you, hey, wait a minute, you're not bad. You're using this situation, this experience to help others and prevent them from the experience. And you can do it because you're tough and you survived it. And that's what you were put on this earth for. Now you're starting to tap into discovering your self-worth and saying, hey, you know, I'm not such a bad person after all. Look, I'm a survivor and I'm helping others. And they're never going to have to experience the things that I had to experience. So now I'm a mentor. I'm a survivor. I share wisdom. I help prevent people from having horrific situations. Those are exact opposite messages that you're giving yourself. So I would invite you to please reframe reframe those experiences reframe your image of yourself and what you've been through so that you can discover your own self-worth because no one can do this for you no one you know as i talked about earlier when you see someone and you're like oh my gosh they're so wonderful and they don't see it Or you compliment them and you say, well, you know, you're really good at that. Oh, no, I'm not. No, not really. No, I don't. Well, I'm glad you think so. Right. Um, when, When they do that, they don't see in themselves what you see in them. And so, you know, it's an internal job. And when you see this kind of situation happening, then you can start using those skill sets that you created when you were a kid and you survived those situations. You can use the skill set to step in and say to the person, hey, I know you may not see this in yourself, but I see it in you. And I would really love if you just took a moment to look at that and, and maybe patted yourself on the back about it. Um, because it really needs to shift. And I, I, I love you. And I want you to see in you what I see in you. Because once you start seeing that in you, 
you'll start living it and you'll start having success like you've never had in your life in all areas of your life. So, you know, when you approach someone with compassion and love in that way, then you, you may help them just crack open a door to look at that for a moment that, wow, she may be right. There may be a little bit of truth in there. You know, maybe I am really good at that. And, and maybe it's okay if I am good at that. Maybe if I'm, if I'm good at that, um, people won't, won't put me down or judge me. Maybe I could just be good at it because she saw it in me and recognized it. And all I have to do is recognize it in myself. Um, you know, th that, that's what we're here for on, on earth. We are here to be of service to others. And that doesn't always mean helping out at the soup kitchen or writing a check to a charity. It can be as simple as helping someone identify their own gifts, helping them discover their own self-worth one by one. I think that's just as important as handing out food and blankets to people who are in physical need. You know, a kind word, helping someone discover something beautiful about themselves. I think that that's just as important and that is us being of service to others. And that can happen without a penny in the bank, just by listening and being compassionate and being willing to be vulnerable and help someone out and, and just identify in them something good. No matter what people look like on the outside, and I'm going to tell you this because with my clients, I have had the luxury of being able to look behind all of the physical attributes and the um, signs of success that people have and the words they use. And I can, I can look behind all of that into who they really are, <clears throat> excuse me, and I have that luxury. And I'll tell you, people want to be loved and they want to be noticed and they want to receive kindness and friendship and they want to belong. And you know, we have these really basic needs, no matter how much money someone has, you know, you could be penniless and you can give this gift to a millionaire and you can be of service to that millionaire just by acknowledging something that they don't see in themselves. And it does not matter where we are in the physical world. We have those emotional needs. And so use your experiences and help others with them. Um, going back to where I started today about the, um, the book by Dan Millman on Everyday Enlightenment, and he's talking about uh, self-worth. I wanted to read another uh, excerpt from here. And it's about a reflection on self-worth. And I really like this section. It's questions that you ask yourself about self-worth. Because sometimes, you know, as other people, me and other people in my field, and fields related to this, we use this lingo, right? 
and we're like, oh, you need to increase your self-love or, you know, you need self-love or you need, uh, you need to, to discover your self-worth or oh, whatever it is that, you know, the, the current lingo is of the day. And sometimes when we hear these things, we think, um, yeah, I get it. <laughs> what do they really mean by that? Or do they even know what they're saying? Did they, did they even know what they mean by that? And so I try to break it down. You know, I try to, to take these concepts and simplify them and make them to where people can digest them and implement them in ways that will help them. Because if you don't know, you can't shift it, right? But if people are using all these words you don't understand, then really what's the point? How are you supposed to change this if you don't even understand what they're really talking about? And they may be talking at level 10 and your understanding of a subject may be at one, you got to break it down to simple terms, everyday terms, so that people understand what you're talking about and can implement it. So with that said, um, I'm going to just read off some of the questions here that he has in the book about uh, ways for you to reflect on your self-worth. Okay, so the first one says, when fortune smiles on you, do you think this can't last? You know, oh, this is great. Wow. When, when's it going to go away? Or when's the other shoe going to drop? Or yeah, this is good. So what bad's going to happen now? Um, this can't be real, right? So when something really good happens to you, what's your first thought? That answer will tell you where your level of self-worth is, your perception. I'm sorry, not your level of self-worth because we're all extremely valuable humans but your perception of your self-worth, that's where it's going to show up. When something really good happens, what's your first reaction, okay? And if, if you wanna take a minute and grab a pen and paper if you're not driving right now, um, this will be good. Or listen to it later and, and answer these questions for yourself later. Um, just go under my profile and hit talks or go to my podcast and this will be there and uh, answer these questions for yourself. So that was the first one. The second one. Do you find it easier to give than to receive? Now, I know there's a lot of empaths out there. And, uh, you know, empaths are really good at giving, but they're not so good at receiving. And that, that leads me to uh, talking about another talk that I'll have in the future is going to be about the opposite of giving is not taking. The opposite of giving is receiving. And a lot of empaths don't understand that in order for them to continue giving, they must receive and accept the gifts that others are giving them. So do you find it easier to give than receive? The next one is, does your life feel like a series of problems? <laughs> so, you know, it's like, oh, you know. I know I say this sometimes and gosh, I catch myself right away and I try to delete it, but I'll say, wow, the hits just keep coming, right? <laughs> Those days where one thing happens and then another and then another, it's like, dang it, here we go again, you know, or what's, what else is going to happen today? Or when it rains, it pours, right? Um, so catch yourself. If you feel like life is just a series of problems, then perhaps you have lost the ability to see beauty 
And perhaps you are not putting yourself in situations where you can acknowledge the beauty around you. So um, that's the, that one. Um, the next one, does money seem scarce and hard to come by? If it does, then that's your perception of money, which is going to lead to your perception of self-worth and your ability to make the money that you think that you need to make in life. Um, next, uh, do you find your work unfulfilling? This goes back to the example I was giving early on about, uh, you know, people who stay in jobs that they hate and why. So if your job is something that isn't fulfilling, then ask yourself why you're staying there. And your answers will lead to what you prioritize in life. Perhaps you prioritize security over happiness, then that's something that you really need to look at. Why? Why do you prioritize that? And what's the fear around making security a priority? And that will lead you to doing the work, um, as we spoke about earlier. Um, the next is, do you find your significant relationship unsatisfying? This goes right back to what I was just saying. If you do, why? And then ask yourself, well, why do I stay? And that will, again, show you where your priorities lie and the fears that promote those priorities. Um, do you work long hours but don't have much time to enjoy yourself? Um, this is part of you putting the value on something outside of yourself instead of on your own self-worth and ask yourself why. Why am I making this thing outside of me more valuable than my time. You know, we have limited time here in this lifetime. And if you believe in past lives, like I do, um, I believe I've done this many times before and I'll do this many times again, right? Because we're all evolving. That's our purpose here in each lifetime is to evolve, to, to raise our vibration to higher frequencies. That's my opinion, of course. And I'll talk about that if you um, follow me, then you'll hear me talking about these kind of things in the future. Um, but uh, for right now, it's like, look, you've got limited minutes in this lifetime. Look at what you make important for those minutes and look at what you prioritize that's more important uh, in how you spend those minutes than in spending them for your own happiness. Um, here's another one. Do you resent or envy people who take frequent holidays or who travel or who do things that you find frivolous? Do you resent them for that? You know, well, I, and people have said this to me too. <laughs> I was just telling someone this the other day. So they asked me what I did for a living and I told them and they asked me how much I worked and I told them and that, uh, they said to me, well, must be nice. And I said back to him, it is. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. It is. And if they say anything else, what I say is, well, you know, I value freedom over security. And I worked in corporate America for years and I worked for other people for years. And I'm better off being my own boss and I'm willing to risk security to attain freedom and to maintain freedom. I would rather have a freedom of schedule and not have 
security of um, the latest car or expensive jewelry or whatever. I'm someone who values experience more than I value uh, material security. So that usually ends that conversation. <laughs> Must be nice. Yes, it is. Thank you very much for acknowledging that. Um, so look at that. If you do resent other people for taking time off, um, for traveling, for for doing what they want to do. Um, I, I think this was me when I was younger. I would resent people for not doing what was expected of them. You know, as you can tell from my accent, I'm from the South and there's a lot of expectations for us, you know, things you should do and you shouldn't do, especially if you're a good girl kind of thing. And I resented people who didn't follow the rules, who didn't follow the roles either, you know, the role of being a, I don't know, a good wife or a good worker, a good sister, or whatever that may be. They didn't honor those roles like I did, that society demanded that of me. If I played that role, this is what society, society expected of me. And I would just succumb to it. You know, I'd be like, well, that's what, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what a good person does. So that's what I do. And I resent you if you don't play by those rules and you're, you don't do the things that you're supposed to do, you know, but they didn't care about approval like I did. So that's probably what that was about. So ask yourself if, if there's any resentment in you um, about the behavior of other people, no matter what it is, no matter if they take holidays or they're not um, playing with societal roles or, um, I don't know, they're not calling their mother every Sunday or something like that, whatever is expected of them. Um, because it says nothing about them and everything about you. They're just living their lives. They're just doing them and you're just doing you, right? So when these things come up for you and they upset you in some form or frustrate you in some form, that's when you need to look at you and where you are having some disruption in your actions and your motivations. You need to look at that and say, I'm not happy with this in myself. Why am I not happy with this in myself? It's something I need to look at and do that work. Um, another one, do other people seem to have more fun than you do? You know, I think as we get older, we lose some ability to have fun. And I remember even when I was, I don't know, I'm going to say it was probably in my late 30s. I remember a friend of mine uh, said to me, Hey, Ange, where'd all the fun people go? And it made me think back to, yeah, people our age aren't, aren't having much fun anymore, are they? And it made me think back to like, you know, in high school and in, in my twenties, people used to crack up and laugh and, you know, maybe we had much less responsibilities then, but it was also our perception of life. And as we get older, we tend to think, we need to be serious and responsible or we're not good adults. <laughs> we're not, we're not abiding by the rules. So, um, so look at that. Are, are you in a place where you think other people have more fun than you? And that tells you about your own life, doesn't it? And maybe you're not having enough fun. Um, so the next one is, do you feel driven to work more, do more, be more than others? You know, maybe, it, and with empaths, again, you're going to see this. Empaths are going to give 
150% in their work, in their friendships, in everything they do. They're going to continue to overachieve everywhere so that they keep building on that self-perception that they're that they're good and that people approve of them and that they're doing the right thing. Um, I have more here to talk about, but it looks like there's someone who would like to join us as a guest right now. So I'm going to go over and invite them in. Oh, good. It's, it's Mary again. Come on in, Mary, um, and pick up where we are right now and about self-worth and please lend your wisdom to us. <laughs> I just want to let you were talking about resentment and, and are you resentful of people are having fun or I think another way to look at it, I mean, are you, because uh, of your self-worth, these people are having fun and carefree and they're traveling and doing things they enjoy and you're not because you don't feel like you deserve it or you, you have to, you're so focused that you need to work hard to get, get somewhere. I think that's another way to look at it. You know, like, are you resentful because they're out there enjoying life? And they ha they maybe see their self-worth and take advantage of what they can do. Mm -hmm. out, you do you know. think that maybe it's when people are resentful of that, maybe it's really touching something in them that they feel is missing, <clears throat> that they really want in their life, but they don't know how to get it, or they feel like, they're bound by societal rules or responsibilities or, you know, what do you think it is in there that kind of, that, that's that thing that rubs us the wrong way so we know where to look? Um, what do you think it is that drives that behavior when someone's resentful of someone having fun? I think it's just like, you know, like you're, you're, you have a work schedule and you have to, you can't take a vacation or you have responsibilities and home because you agree to it um you know like you feel it's your duty even though you don't enjoy doing it and i think they see people going on vacation or they go on vacations you know every few months or they go on a weekend away and i think it's like i want to say like a little jealousy like oh they're look at that they're having fun and i can't you know, yeah. I'm, st I'm stuck with this or, and I'm not happy with what I'm doing. Um, in that sense, you know, I feel like, you know, people again, like put back, you know, they don't balance their life out and have fun and go out or take a break and it doesn't have to be cost money, but just do something they enjoy doing. I mean, somebody's fun could, is so different. I mean, somebody could, find sitting on a pier watching the sunset fun and relaxing and enjoyable. And, you know, I mean, fun is a, a perception in itself, what, but it doesn't have to cost money. It, I think it's just doing things that bring you enjoyment. And I, f I feel like, you know, when the question to me was like, are, I think they were trying to say, are you jealous of people who are having fun? Are you, yeah. and that means they're having fun and you're not. Yeah. You know, are you resentful? So I, that's how I, I took that question. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's all perception. It's all perception. Exactly. Because, you know, your coworker may take a, a trip to France 
and have an absolutely miserable time with their family and worry about every penny they've spent. They can't wait to get home. They hate the food. They hate the environment. They don't like it at all. But you're sitting back at your desk being jealous or resentful that they got to go to France, right? Exactly. Where exactly. You, you may not be able to afford to go to France, but maybe you can afford to take a picnic lunch with your family down by the river and it's enjoyable and loving. Everybody loves each other and you laugh and you have such a great time and you, you appreciate it. And, you know, maybe you decide to build a sailboat, one of those little mini sailboats and put it in the water in the river and you enjoy that. And I agree with you a hundred percent. It's about the experience of enjoyment. Yes. And people exactly forget that they think, oh, well, look at them. They're off doing that. Look at them. Or, you know, maybe they have you know, a brand new car. And what they don't see is that person is struggling to make a $2,000 a month car payment mm -hmm. where you're over there with your car that's less than that in your eyes, but, but it's paid off. Right. You know, so exactly. You know, it's all a perception of that. And I, I feel like when we perceive things through those filters of a, um, a feeling of lower self-worth, it just makes us miserable and life exactly. is short to be like that. Exactly. I mean, you, you just, and that's it. You, and you have to remind yourself, you know, I'm worth, you have to talk to yourself and remind yourself I'm worthy of this. I'm, I'm worthy to have fun and enjoy life. And then where that will grow to, you know, you know, when you have your self-worth and if you're, I want to say like aura around you changes and you attract things to yourself, then who knows? You might be going to Paris with, you know, with your best friend next year. I mean, things change. Exactly. You know, I think it just, you know. Are you on a free trip? You know? <laughs> exactly. So I think, you know, but you constantly, it's a constant discussion to yourself, you are worth it. You are worth it to have fun and fun is a perception. So, and you're in control of having fun. And I think it's just, just a constant yes. discussion no. to yourself as well. And I like what you mentioned about um, enjoying life because I feel like that's really the essence and the core of all of this in, in the perception of your life, especially if you're comparing it to other people, there is um, the perception that, you know, their life's better or you're resentful for that when, um, when in fact, it's just about you enjoying life. So, you know, like I said, you could be on a family trip and you hate it because you're not grateful for the experience. So maybe the key to, to some of this with the self-worth is how, what do you enjoy in life and how do you enjoy your own life? Cause it's yours and yours alone. Yes. And you, and too, and something you said, you don't know just because people are doing these things and you don't know their story, their path, their, what they've gone through, what they're dealing with. And, you know, and you're, you're resentful for something you kind of don't know. You kind of see the outside of it, but we all have something that we're working with growing and learning and lessons learned. And I think it's just, you know, it too, you're pro projecting it like, Oh, they must have a great life or, you know, they have no problems, but 
you know, it's just, again, our self-worth, how we compare what we're going through to what somebody we see go do. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And it's all our own perception. You know, maybe, you know, when we talk about enjoying our own lives, you know, maybe the the first step in that is gratitude. And, you know, if you can't figure out how to enjoy what you have, then you need to look at what you're grateful for and not compare it to anyone else. But, you know, just start with basic things about, you know, I, I'm grateful that I get to, I have to get up. I'm grateful that I get up so early that I get to see the sunrise every morning. Um, and then you learn to enjoy seeing the sunrise every morning. And then that becomes and part of your self-worth. Exactly. I think the, the gratitude helps with building self-worth. Yeah. I agree. Very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but I think it will, uh, I think it, it lends into being, when you're grateful for things, then you can start to appreciate them. And then when you start to appreciate things in your life and you appreciate the different um, characteristics of yourself, then that leads to appreciating who you are what you have to give the world. Um, and then you can build off of that. And someone can be just as happy living in a mansion as they do living in a hut somewhere. It's all perception. And I think that what you said is really key about when you enjoy your life, you enjoy what you're experiencing, you feel more confident, you feel more free, you feel more, um, worthy uh, of your life and happy, happy in your life. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I really, uh, I like that concept of how do you enjoy your life? Maybe that's the core question. I agree. Yep. Um, so any other thoughts while you're here? I'm sorry you got cut off last time. So any other thoughts? Oh, no, it's okay. No, I just, uh, you know, I think it's just a big thing just to be open. And again, like I said, it's a constant reminder to yourself, like every morning when you're brushing your teeth and look in the mirror and say, I'm worthy and I'm great. I'm grateful. Wake up. I'm grateful. And then look at yourself. I'm worth it. I'm worth good, good things and in prosperity and abundance in all aspects of life. And I think there's just that constant discussion until it's, so programmed in yourself that. Uh, well, I'm sorry that she got cut off there again, but uh, I agree with everything she's saying that you have to continue doing it every single day until it becomes part of the messages that you give yourself, um, that the the images that you see, how you see yourself, that it's a constant thing so that it becomes part of who you are and it takes practice um discovering your own self-worth and honoring it it takes a lot of practice because you don't want to go back to your old habits of criticizing or cutting down um to to run through and and mary you're welcome to come back anytime um to come through with these other questions um i'll go through them quickly and then i'll ask if there's anyone else you'd like to join us and chime in So the next ones would be, um, do you, so these are questions you ask yourself that are related to your self-worth. Do you overeat, smoke, drink alcohol every day, or use other drugs? 
Um, so if, if you do those things, then that can be an indication that you are trying to disengage from life. You're trying to numb the pain. You're trying to avoid change. You're trying to um, not be active in your life. Uh, all of these kinds of things that can distract you and that can put you on hold. Um, again, when I was talking about working with my clients, um, many of the clients I work with have had addictions in the past, alcohol and drug addictions. And I see them that they just put their lives on hold for however that long that addiction was active and their maturity stopped during that time. Their growth stopped, their maturity stopped, um, their growth uh, mentally and emotionally, spiritually, it all stopped during that addiction. And then when they start uh, getting healthy again and, and have you know, moved into recovery, that's when they start trying to figure out who they were, who they are now, what their identity is, but they have to pick up where the addiction started um, at that age, because that's where their development was arrested. That, that's where it all stopped at that time. So know that when you do these things and you self-medicate, um, you are also inhibiting your development mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You're inhibiting it all from, from growing. So you're stuck right there. And I'm sure that everyone on this call today who knows someone that is an alcoholic or a drug addict, most times they have arrested development uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually so that they only think a certain way. And that's the only way that they're going to think. It's the only way they've ever thought. And they are attached to their opinions and their worldviews. And they're not open to, to growth or um, the opinions of others uh, because those addictions will limit that growth. Um, the next one is, do you feel uncomfortable when you receive praise, applause, lots of attention, gifts, or pleasure? Um, again, I see this a lot with the empaths out there, that uh, when someone gives them a gift, oh, I couldn't take it. No, no, I, I can't take it. Or when you say, um, gosh, you're just so wonderful. I, I think you're the best. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not that great. Nope, nope, not that good. You know, uh, you see it and every time they reject something that they are meant to receive, which is what they, the the, they are getting reciprocated from what they gave out. Now that they are receiving something, they deny it and it breaks that cycle of giving and receiving. And when that cycle is broken energetically, they are blocking it. So they're blocking that good energy that they put out in the world that they're supposed to receive back now. Um, they're blocking it. And again, that's going to limit their uh, self-perception, self-worth. So uh, for the people listening to this, I'm going to ask you, when someone gives you a compliment, accept it. Okay. When someone criticizes you, don't accept it. Okay. So try to get purposeful in what you are receiving from other people, be it uh, verbally or uh, materially, if they give you something, be grateful and just say, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And it may take practice. Like Mary said, um, you know, it may take practice where at first you say, you know, somebody says, wow, you're so good at that. Maybe you really don't believe it, but you say, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Um, 
And after a while of continuing to receive uh, these compliments, maybe after a while you do actually start believing them and you, you give yourself permission to accept it as truth about you. And when you start thinking that, hey, maybe I am good at that, then maybe you start honoring that and you start feeding that so it starts growing and then you become great at it. And that is okay. Um, next, uh, have you turned down or passed up opportunities in education work or relationships and later regretted it? Um, I know we've all seen those people that were just like, gosh, they get so many opportunities. How come they're not stepping up to the plate and honoring them? How come they're not uh, jumping that? If I had that opportunity, what I would do with it, right? And I know I said this a lot. Gosh, if I had that opportunity, I, I would just be uh, in a whole different place right now. What I would do with that opportunity, you know? But that's not my life path. My life path has not been for people to give me legs up or to, uh, you know, give me these huge opportunities kind of thing. That hasn't been my life path. And I'm cool with it. My life path has been more of a way shower and figuring things out on my own so that I can explain them to others in a way that they can use uh, for their own lives to perhaps help them through what they're going through. Um, and so, again, see how I just reframe that instead of me saying, gosh, I never get a leg up. Gosh, I don't get those opportunities other people get. Gosh, I didn't start off at, you know, halfway past the finish line, you know. And, and when I was younger, I did think those things. But as I matured, I started thinking, okay, that isn't my life path because it hasn't happened for me, right? My life, I haven't had those experiences in my life, so that's not my life path. So, so what about those experiences is important and how do I serve others through the life path that I have? And so I finally um, figured it out that part of what I'm here to do is to figure out things and explain them in common terms, simplified ways so that Others get the concept as well, and they can build on it too. And sometimes that's all it takes is just a little shift in perception, and we see things different, and then all of a sudden things click and make so much more sense to us, and then we build on that. Um, so, and, and the last question here that I want to bring up, this is really for all the entrepreneurs out there, and we're so fortunate on this Wisdom app that there are so many entrepreneurs and um, people that are self-employed here that we can really share our wisdom with each other and um, and ask a lot of questions. We're all, a lot of us are in the same boat there. So the question here is, if someone asks the cost of your services, do you price yourself lower than other people in your field? Um, I would even add to that question, do you charge at all? Or do you feel guilty charging for your services? Um, so this is something that uh, I taught on this concept, I don't know, probably about 13 years ago. Oh, I continue showing my age here, right? Uh, but I used to teach this concept uh, that that you can you can be spiritual and wealthy and they're, they're not um, exclusive of each other, but what has to happen first is that you have to believe in your worth, that your services are worth 
receiving money for them. And I have a whole talk on that. I'll do that at another time. But that's something for you to think about um, because worth is going to be related to receiving income from your gifts and how that looks and how you choose to show them out in the world. So um, I want to move now into concepts around healing. Um, again, this comes from the book, Everyday Enlightenment, The 12 Gateways to Personal Growth by Dan Millman. This is an older book. It was published in 1998. But uh, everything that we talk about these days, <laughs> all this spirit, these spiritual concepts we're talking about, this stuff's been around a long, long, long time. Um, I will also uh, read from other books, excerpts from books from the 1800s that have a lot of like law of attraction stuff in them too, because I like us to all understand that these are universal concepts that have been here since the beginning of humankind. And it's not just some new age woo wooey stuff or something that people learn in yoga class or following their new guru or something like that. These are basic concepts of the human condition that we're having to look at and enhance. Okay, so moving into the healing. So the first thing to think about is um, when you're looking at your self-worth, um, and especially if, you're, if you, it's something that you need to improve on, know that you're not alone. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone fails. We all do it. We're all human. If we did not fail, we would not learn. And what would be the point of being here? You know, if we're perfect, then why even be here? We're here to learn and grow. And we're going to do that by making mistakes. So, you know, what did they say? Bad judgment leads to bad decisions. Bad decisions leads to experience and experience leads to good decisions. So uh, someone taught me that a few years ago, and I've always kept that in the back of my mind that um, the people that are the wisest are the people that have taken the most risk and that have had some failures and got up and moved on. So know that you're not alone just because people don't show that they have low self-worth doesn't mean that it's not there. Just because people don't show that they, they've had failures, it doesn't mean it's not there. Or the flip side of it is perhaps they've never risked anything. And I don't know, for me personally, I want the people I work with and my friends to be people who've made some mistakes in life because that means they had the gumption to take some risk and maybe they didn't work out, but those are the kind of people I like. Um, they're willing to put themselves out there. Um, also, social media has really shifted our perception of self over the last, especially the last five years. I want to say 10, but really the last five years, it's really shifted to where um, everything is sanitized before it gets posted so people usually don't post about their mistakes. They only show the good things that they've done and their success successes and, you know, not their failures much. And when that's all we see, we lose our humanity and our compassion and we, we move into self-criticism. Um, you know, why, why can't I be like that? How come my life's not that good? And we forget that the images and the messages have been sanitized to show people at their best, even filtered, <laughs> literally, right? What is with those filters? Um, 
And so it looks like everything is good for everyone else. And when we compare it to our own personal lives, we'll start thinking, well, gosh, you know, my life's not that good. Or maybe, you know, why are all these bad things only happening to me? Or why have I made all these mistakes? That's not true. You know, we are all humans with faults and we all make bad decisions unless we don't make any decisions at all which has its own result. Okay, so that's number one, you are not alone. Number two, you did the best you could. And I wanna add to that, you did the best you could with what you knew. And that winds back to what I was talking about earlier in life, in this conversation is earlier in life, um, when you were a kid, perhaps you had to make decisions that you are not prepared to make emotionally, and or you know experience wise and it led to some not so great results but the experience is what you carry with you so you did the best you could with what you knew and also i want to add to that um the options that you had at the time sometimes we forget that we'd only had two options and when we were a kid and we're having to make these really complicated decisions we don't understand that they're complicated. We don't understand the results of those decisions. And all we see is we either do yes or no, left or right, up or down. That, that's all we see. And so we choose one. When we get older, we're like, well, why didn't I do this? Well, geez, you're a kid. You didn't know. You didn't know there are other options available to you. And that does happen when we're adults also. Um, every day, we do the best we can with what we know. And when we're shown different, we do different, hopefully. Um, So that was number two. Number three is um, apologize and ask for forgiveness. Um, And a lot of this is just directed at ourselves. You know, you could just say to yourself, I'm really sorry that uh, I made those bad decisions and I did the best I could. And I'm going to give the gentleness and compassion that I give to other people. I'm going to start giving it to myself. And I'm going to start saying hey, you're in a really bad situation. You did the best you could and um, you, you're a survivor and you learn from it. And now your responsibility is to help others with that knowledge. Okay, number four, look at what you have done well and what is working. This goes back to what Mary and I were talking about earlier about gratitude. So I guarantee you that no matter what you think about your life, you're doing something well. You may have to look for it. Others may see it right away when they meet you, but it's there. You know, perhaps you tie your shoes really well. I mean, like the best in your family, and you always have. You are the best shoe tire possibly in your state. Could be, who knows, right? It it can start that small. Or maybe you make um, two or three dishes really well. Like for me, it's potato salad. I make some of the best potato salad. Obviously, the best I've ever tasted, right? And I have a few followers on my potato salad. I'm going to say it. A few supporters that unconditionally will eat my potato salad because I'm really good at it. That's something I know I'm good at. You can start that small and build on it and say, gosh, I may not be much, but I tie my shoes really well and I make great potato salad. And that's a place I can start. 
It can be that simple, but it does have to start somewhere. And sometimes the most obvious is the easiest. Okay. And the last and final thing is ignore the opinions of other people when they are judging you, especially or criticizing you. You know how I said earlier that when I was younger, I would just take it as truth, whatever anybody said about me, because why would they lie? I'm not someone that lies. Like I'm the worst liar. You can totally tell when I'm lying because it just shows all over me. I can't handle it. And, and I would say, because it's at a frequency that is not aligned with my own frequency. And so therefore there is disruption. But again, that's another talk. I got tons of talks in me here. Um, but, uh, Anyway, I know that just because someone says something, it doesn't mean it's true and that other people do have ulterior motives and people do like to play games, sometimes head games with people and say things just to see what their reaction will be or to get a rise out of somebody just to screw with them. So just because someone says something does not mean it's true. My opinion is what matters the most to me. And that's, that is hard for me to, to say that when I was younger, I can say it now with confidence and just be like, whatever, I don't care what they say, but I couldn't when I was younger, I might've said that, but I didn't really believe it. Right. It took years of practice before I could actually believe that of discovering my own self-worth. Um, and also along the same line, don't take advice from anyone who hasn't been exactly where you are. Um, this was another thing. Um, I own a retail store and uh, when I started it, I never even worked in retail before. Um, it just was one of those opportunities where God whispered in my ear and told me that that was what I needed to do. So it came out my mouth before I even knew what I was saying and boom, I owned a retail store. And so in the beginning, I really didn't know what I was doing. And so I took the advice of everyone that walked in the door um, and made a lot of mistakes because of it and doubted myself because of it because I made their opinion more important than my um, self uh, understanding and what I intuitively knew about business. I put all of that ahead because I figured they're giving me advice. They must know something, right? <laughs> Woo, that was a learning lesson. Let me tell you, that was a learning lesson. It took me about three years to get through that lesson to where I finally said to myself, these people don't know anything. Why do I keep listening to them? What I'm doing is working. And every time I try something that they tell me to do, it doesn't work. So why do I keep doing this? Why do I value their opinion over mine? It's stupid. So then I started saying to people when they came in my retail store and they said, oh, you should really do this. I started saying back to them, oh, is that what you did in your retail store? And you know what I get? Crickets. Total silence. And they would look at me and they would say, oh, I've never owned a retail store. And then I'd say, oh, really? But you're giving me advice on mine? Wow. How do you do that? Where's that coming from? And it would just completely stop and they'd never do it again. So when someone is giving you advice that is completely unsolicited, one thing you can say back to them is, oh, is that what you did when you went through it? So say you're going through a divorce and there's someone who's been married 30 years and have never even been separated from their spouse. And they're telling you what you need to do in your divorce and how you need to act and how you need to proceed. You just need to look back at them and say, is that what you did in your divorce? 
oh, you've never been divorced. Huh, okay. Um, you know, no offense, but maybe I should talk with somebody who's been through this. You know, would you choose an attorney who'd never had a client? Would you ask someone who's a florist on how to repair your car? No, you wouldn't. So start that boundary that we talked about earlier. Start putting a boundary there. When people give you advice, just turn to them and just be like, oh, is that what you did? Tell me about your experience. And through me going through that, I decided that I would only take advice from people that have gone through the experience that I'm going through. That's it. From now on, from then on, I should say, from then until now, I've stuck by that. And people can give me their advice all day long, but that does not mean I'm receiving it. They can just talk and I don't care. <laughs> I just say, that's their opinion. And then, you know, lo and behold, when they actually go through the experience, it's a completely different opinion, right? So if I could leave you with anything today, that's what I would leave you with is um, only take advice from people who have been through the experience that you're going through. I'm ending this live recording here because I think an hour and a half is really long enough for me to talk about discovering self-worth, and I'm sure you agree too. Once again, please join me Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Wisdom app. Just go to my website to find out more. I look forward to talking with you there, and I hope you'll be a guest. Thank you. To learn more about me and my services and to book a session, please click the link in this podcast or visit www.angelaboswell.com. Thank you.